Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 368. It is Thursday, May 27th, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Kumbar, and is it a HIPAA violation to ask for proof of vaccine status? This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning. Happy Thursday. We're almost at the end of the week, and it's almost time for a long weekend celebration. And, of course, remembering those fallen soldiers and those who came before us and... uh sacrifice the ultimate for our freedom for what we have today but anyway we're not quite there yet even though they should get the respect that they they deserve every day let me get off my soapbox for a minute we're not quite there yet so we'll move on to um wherever you're listening to this if you could like share comment or review that would be spectacular if you do that I will record one final episode this week, and if you're in a HIPAA-compliant business, such as a healthcare provider or a business associate such as mine, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type Get HIPAA Compliance into the search and join the group. Okay, let's jump into the news. First up on Threat Post, privateer threat actors emerge from cybercrime swamp. Privateers aren't necessarily state-sponsored, but they have some form of government protection while promoting their own financially motivated criminal agenda, according to Cisco Talos. A new type of cyber criminal is emerging in cyber threat landscape that's historically been dominated by either state-sponsored threat actors or financially motivated criminals that are hunted and prosecuted by law enforcement. Dubbed privateers by researchers at Cisco Talos Intelligence, these predominantly Ransomware groups are not specifically sponsored and directed by government such as APT groups like North Korea's Lazarus and Russia's Fancy Bear. However, they do have some type of protection from global governments while they themselves remain financially motivated and act upon their own agendas. That type of unofficial state protection frequently manifests as a lack of law enforcement action even then, even when requested through normal channels by other countries. According to a post on the Cisco Talos Intelligence blog post published Wednesday, the protecting state doesn't receive direct benefit from these groups, but it is shielded from their activities, which frequently target the geopolitical adversaries of the protecting state. So private sector, I guess it's sort of like when they hire private sector um, police, I guess. When, and they go into other countries and act on behalf of military, and they do military activities, but they are private sector military, um, you know, not tied to the government, but at the same time, they're acting on behalf of the government, in a sense. Sounds similar to that, private ransomware groups, um, not tied to state sponsorship, but at the same time, um, might act on behalf of the state and have the the protection of that nation state. So this is the new thing coming, I guess. Baza Loader masquerades as movie streaming service. So the website for Bravo Movies features fake movie posters and an FAQ with rigged Excel spreadsheet for canceling the service. But 
all it downloads is malware. So there's a website, um, I guess, called Bravo Movies, where uh, it's a fake movie streaming service called Bravo Movies, and the offerings are not real. You know, sound like they're real, sound like it's some good movies to watch, but it's got, but it, you can't download anything except bizarre, uh, Baza Loader malware. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know Baza Loader malware will eventually download other malware, including ransomware and um, credential stealing software. So you will be in big trouble. So if you happened upon Bravo Movies, Get away quickly. You know what would help? A DNS filtering service. Also on threat post, PDF feature certified widely vulnerable to attack. Researchers found flaws. Most of the popular P PDF applications tested certified portable document format. That's what PDF stands for, portable document format. Files are used to securely sign agreements between two parties while keeping the contents integrity protected, but a new report found the security protections on most certified PDF applications were inadequate and left organizations exposed to a number of attacks. I don't, I don't really think that comes as a surprise, but there you have it. Researchers from Ruhr University, Bauckham, explained certified PDFs use two specific signatures to authenticate the document, an approval signature, and a certification signature. Certification signatures are more flexible and made to handle complicated agreements between multiple parties and allow some changes to the document within a set of parameters while maintaining its validity. Unsurprisingly, certified signatures are where the team found vulnerabilities to two specific novel attacks that dubbed Evil Annotation, EAA, and Sneaky Signature, SSA. Both allow an attacker to overlay malicious content on top of the certified information without showing any signs it was altered. EAAs display malicious content in the document's annotations and then sends it on with its digital signature intact. SSAs add malicious content over legitimate content in the PDF itself. The team said the results of, this, of its evaluation of the 26 most popular PDF applications were alarming. In only two cases, we could f not find vulner a vulnerability. 15 viewers were vulnerable to EAA, 8 to SSA, including Adobe, Foxit, and LibreOffice, the report said. We additionally analyzed the standard compliant implementation of PDF certification applications and found issues in 11 of them. Adobe had an additional flaw that allowed certification or certified documents to execute JavaScript code, opening these users to code injection attacks. That's not good. For example, a high-level JavaScript can call an arbitrary URL without user confirmation to de-anonymize a user. Our research reveals that such code is also executed if it is added as an allowed incremental update. We are the first to reveal that the behavior allows attackers to directly embed malicious code into a certified document. Again, doesn't really come as a surprise. These types of things have been happening for a while. However, what does what is scary is that um, so many different software, including Adobe, who you know that's they're the PDF people, um, is vulnerable and that it's easily exploitable to fend off evil annotation attacks. EAA 
the researchers recommend admins prohibit three particularly risky annotations that allow text or images to be added to a certified PDF, free text, stamp, and redact. Sneaky signatures can be blocked by reducing permissions, but that is not a guarantee SSAs won't get through. Defined signature fields often offer an additional layer of protection, the report said. Signature fields must be set up at defined locations in the PDF document before the document is certified. The report explained a subsequent addition of signature fields must be penalized with an, an invalid certific certification status. Otherwise, it can always be used to add text or images, including the signature at any position. So sounds like those of you that work with PDFs on a frequent basis have some work to do. Um, it doesn't mention services like um, DocuSign. There's other services out there. So I'm not sure if that applies to them. So, you know, maybe that's the way to go if that's the case. However, I've heard some stories about that as well. So buyer beware. On Cyware, cyber criminals exploiting API keys to steal cryptocurrency. There has been a few reports of API issues as of late. What is happening? API keys are used to grant transaction access to third-party programs. If someone steals a secret API key, it cannot be used for exploitation purposes as API permissions are disabled by the exchange. However, researchers observed that multiple trade offers for stolen cryptocurrency exchange API keys appeared on hacker forums. The stolen API keys are being used by cyber criminals to steal or empty victims' accounts on almost all popular exchanges. Attackers can easily bypass trade-only settings on the API keys and steal money from traders' accounts even without having their account withdrawal rights or credentials. These attackers are using two API key exploitation methods to steal funds from traders, sell wall buyouts, market manipulation, and price boosting, buying cheap coins. For the sell wall technique, they're using stolen API keys to compromise trading accounts and creating bulk sell orders at lower prices to reduce the price of the cryptocurrency. In the price boosting technique, attackers deposit unpopular cheap coins having low trading volume to their own middleman account is then sold back to the victim, victim at high rates. So cryptocurrency being manipulated and um, people's cryptocurrencies being stolen using API keys. I did see another report of, of issues with cryptocurrency. I'm sorry, with API keys. So um, we've, you know, I it's been a few years now that where there's been conversations that API keys will be the next big attack vector. So it really, again, shouldn't come as a surprise, but you know, there you have it yet another thing to worry about. I suppose office 365 bug exchange online outlook email sent to junk folder. Microsoft is investigating an office 365 Issue causing Outlook and Exchange Online emails to skip recipients' inboxes and being sent to their junk folders instead. We're investigating an issue which emails being sent to junk folder Microsoft shared on the company's Microsoft 365 status Twitter account. We're investigating a potential issue and checking for impact to your organization, Microsoft added in the admin center. The company added more information will be shared within 30 minutes under EX258. 373 in the Microsoft 365 admin center. Sorry, uh, sneeze attack in the middle of a podcast. Not cool. The Microsoft 365 service health status page is currently directing customers to the Microsoft 365 status Twitter account for more details regarding this ongoing incident. Microsoft fixed another issue today by 
caused by a recently deployed spam rule that prevented users from forwarding email messages using Exchange Online. Earlier this month, another Office 365 issue resulted in legitimate emails sent from multiple domains, including Google and LinkedIn, getting tagged as malicious and quarantined. Last month, a Microsoft 365 outage prevented Exchange Online users from sending and receiving emails with messages being stuck in transit and not reaching the recipient's inboxes. Exchange Online was also knocked down by a widespread authentication outage in March, preventing users from logging into their accounts due to Azure Active Directory configuration issue. The March massive outage affected multiple other Microsoft services at the time, besides Exchange Online, including Microsoft Teams, Forms, Xbox Live, Intune, Outlook.com, Office Web, SharePoint Online, OneDrive for Business, Yammer, and more. And then back in September, of course, there was also another worldwide outage. Um, there was an update. Microsoft is reverting the change behind email incorrectly being routed to the junk folder. So apparently they reverted a change to resolve the issue. Um, does not look like there's any other updates at the time of this recording. And of course, we have some HIPAA news, quite a bit of HIPAA news, actually. ZocDoc, a New York-based provider of platform that allows pr prospective patients to book appointments with doctors and dentists has discovered a bug in its software that allowed patient data to be accessed by medical and dental practices when access should have been restricted. The investigation revealed programming errors had occurred that meant from August 2020 until the errors were discovered and corrected, certain past and current practice staff members had access to the provider portal when their accounts should have been either decommissioned, deleted, or even limited. In all cases, the individuals who could have accessed patient data improperly were healthcare providers and are therefore bound to maintain the privacy and security of patient data. As we've seen over the two years we've been doing this podcast, that's not always the case, but ZocDoc said there is no evidence to suggest that there have been any further disclosures of patient data. Patient data potentially accessed included names, email addresses, phone numbers, appointment histories with practice, insurance information, social security numbers, and medical information provided by individuals in connection with the appointments booked through the service. ZocDoc said it performed a review of its software and code, and the programming errors were or have been corrected. Security practices have now been strengthened. Regular security audits will continue to be conducted, and steps have been taken to enhance these audits. ZocDoc said approximately 7,600 individuals across the U.S. have been affected as a precaution against identity theft and fraud. Affected individuals have been offered a complimentary 12-month membership to Experian Identity Works Identity Theft Protection Service. Apparently, the most affordable way to get identity theft protection service is to be involved in a HIPAA breach these days. Beach Acres Parenting Center in Cincinnati has discovered email accounts containing client data have been Accessed by an unauthorized individual, a digital forensics firm was engaged to assist with the investigation and determine the nature and full scope of the breach. The investigation revealed email accounts were accessed by an unauthorized individual between December 29th of last year and March 18th of 2021. A review of the emails and attachments in the compromised accounts revealed they contained sensitive client information, including names, dates of birth, client account numbers, dates of service, provider names, treatment and clinical information, and for a subset of individuals, health insurance information, social security numbers, and or driver's license numbers. Upon discovery of the breach, all email accounts were secured, devices and systems are being reviewed, and steps will be taken to improve security. 
the workforce will also be re-educated on identifying and providing suspicious and avoiding suspicious emails. Uh, clinical labs. I think we talked about this violate this HIPAA violation, but they violated HIPAA security rule violations. They were fined twenty five thousand um, dollars. Multiple violations of the HIPAA security rule. So this one is not just the right of access. And as a matter of fact, I don't think it includes the right of access. But so there were. Um, Long story short, they were involved with a merger, or a reverse merger, whatever that means. And um, during that time, a compliance review of Peach State's clinical labs to us were was done by the OCR, and um, determined that have not conducted an accurate and thorough assessment to identify risks, confidentiality, integrity, and availability of electronic protected health information as required by 45 CFR 164.308A1 2A and had failed to reduce risks and vulnerabilities to a reasonable and appropriate level by implementing appropriate security measures as required by 45 CFR 164.308A1 2B. And there were a few other violations. So actually, you know, $25,000 really isn't that big of a penalty. However, they also have three years, a three-year corrective action plan, which is, um, I have not seen a three-year plan. Usually it's two years. So that I find a little interesting, and that will cost them a few bucks. And then the big question that's been coming up, I've been seeing it all over the Internet, and people, I, I have actually had conversations with people about this. Is it a HIPAA violation to ask for proof of vaccine status? There's been a lot of confusion about whether asking someone if they have had a COVID-19 vaccine constitutes a HIPAA violation, specifically in relation to employees, or I'm sorry, employers asking their employees to provide proof of being vaccinated against COVID-19 to avoid wearing masks in the workplace. The HIPAA, or the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, includes provisions related to privacy and uses and disclosures of protected health information, which includes an individual's vaccination status. The HIPAA privacy rule limits use and disclosures of individuals' PHI to those required for treatment, payment, or healthcare operations. Other uses and disclosures generally require consent to be provided by the individual in writing before their PHI can be used or disclosed. So how does HIPAA relate to requests for proof of vaccine status? Vaccination information is classed as PHI, protected health information, and is covered by the HIPAA rules. However, HIPAA only applies to HIPAA-covered entities and healthcare providers, health plans, and healthcare clearinghouses, and their business associates. If an employer asks an employee to provide proof that they have been vaccinated in order to follow that individual to work without wearing a face mask, I said follow, it's allow. I don't know, maybe I'm coming down with a cold or something. Without wearing a face mask, that is not a HIPAA violation as HIPAA does not imply, apply to employers. It would also not be a HIPAA violation for an employer to ask an employee's healthcare pro provider for proof of vaccination. It would, however, be a HIPAA violation for the employee's healthcare provider to disclose that information to the employer unless the individual had provided authorization, authorization to do so. So, in other words, the employee can ask, the, I'm sorry, the employer can ask the healthcare provider, however, the provider cannot 
provide that information without the employee saying it's okay. Just as an employer can require all employees to wear a uniform in the workplace, an employer, an employer can have a policy that requires employees to wear a face mask during a pandemic to protect other members of the workforce and to refuse entry to the workplace if a mask is not worn. Asking about a vaccine status would not violate HIPAA, but it is possible that other laws could be violated. For instance, requiring employees to disclose additional health information such as the reason why they are not vaccinated could potentially violate federal laws in some instances. Although this would not be a HIPAA violation, it is possible for states to introduce laws that prohibit employers from asking employees about their vaccine status. On May 18, 2021, uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene was asked by reporters whether she had been vaccinated. As she had refused to wear a mask on the House floor in breach of House rules, several GOP members had refused to wear a mask, even though they had not been vaccinated. Green told reporters that asking about her vaccine status was a HIPAA violation, but this was not correct as reporters are not covered by HIPAA. Healthcare providers can ask if a patient has been vaccinated as asking the question is in no way violating HIPAA. It would be permitted for a healthcare provider to share vaccine status information with other covered entity or business associate provided the disclosure was permitted under the HIPAA privacy rule for treatment, payment, or healthcare operations, or if authorized to do so by patient. Authorizations would not be required when sharing vaccine status information for public health activities. For instance, a disclosure would be permitted to a public health authority that is authorized by law to collect or receive such information for the purpose of preventing or controlling disease, injury, or disability, including but not limited to the reporting of disease, injury, vital events, and also for the conduct of public health surveillance, public health investigations, and public health interventions, or at the direction of public health authority to an official foreign government agency that is acting in collaboration with a public health authority. So that's pretty complex. But So I want to, the scenario I'm seeing more of is, um, Retail operations, restaurants, although I haven't personally seen it, it seems to me like most of them are just saying you don't need to wear a mask at this point. But um, where people are complaining is that a, a, a business is asking for proof of vaccination, not so much for their employers or their employees, but for uh, people coming into the to the building. And that since they're not a covered entity or a business associate, or you know the the other things, healthcare clearinghouses or health plans, then they are not covered under HIPAA, and therefore it is not a HIPAA violation. So the vast majority of what people are claiming to be HIPAA violations are not HIPAA violations. So just stop it. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.